Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And I've got a little bit of a setup episode, well, a, lo- a lot of bit of a setup episode for you here today. I've been thinking about a number of topics to jump into. It's that time of year where we're doing a lot of preparation, setting up for spring training, what are going to be the position battles, what are the position grades, player grades, all those kinds of things going into the season. And I'm going to be getting to those things both in writing on milehighsports.com and through this podcast. But I wanted to come on today and do something that I think I should probably do every year, actually. And that's basically give you a guide for what my coverage is going to be like this year. There are a number of ways in which it's going to be different from any of you that have followed me in the past or maybe just from any other Rockies coverage you may be getting out there. And so I wanted to get specifically into how I'm going to cover this season and why that is. So you know what to expect from this show, from my articles, and and maybe what not to, to come looking for, right? So the first question is, why do this? Why is anything different? What is this all about, right? The first thing is, as I would hope anybody does in their job or just in life in general, right? We try to grow. We try to evolve. We try to change. And, you know, that now that I've got a decade of this under my belt, there are a number of things that I've learned that I really love about the job. I really love about covering the team and certain things that I've decided, you know, they're just not for me. It's just not a an aspect of whether it's sports journalism or baseball, whatever it is, just certain things that I just have difficulty engaging with or don't want to deal with. And I'm going to get into some of the specifics about that here in a minute. So just because of some of the decisions I've made about the kind of coverage I want to provide, I want to get into that. But also, it's going to be a very strange year for the Colorado Rockies. I do have a big caveat for the entire conversation we're about to have, which is that I get to bail on all of this if the team turns out to be good, right? That's always, it really is always a possibility. And I know that I've garnered a reputation for being some kind of ultimate positive optimist or whatever. And I balk at that, but we can get into it some other time if people think that's worth anyone's time. But the long and short of it is that I don't, I have basically made the decision now before we've gotten to spring training, right? That I don't think it makes a lot of sense for me to cover this team the way I have covered most of the Rockies teams, at least since, you know, 2016 and 17 when they started to become relevant. And then they were fighting to get back to relevance and there was some, you know, debate and it could go either way, this, that, or the other. They're still trying to be. And while they haven't come out and said, yeah, this is a rebuilding year, and there's a lot of consternation over that and what it really means to rebuild and tear down. And we've had those conversations and by God, we'll continue to have them. But I look at what they've done, what they've said, what they've not said and recognize that I think the Rockies are doing what they should be doing, quite frankly, which is waiting to see what they've got with the young players they have and making any further decisions about bigger contracts they want to sign, whether that's extending some of their own guys, like a Brendan Rodgers, you know, or maybe a Michael Tolia or a Zach Veen even, or, or some of these pitchers, or whether or not after this season the team really is going to need to go in a new direction entirely, especially when it comes to 
this pitching staff, right? And most especially when it comes to Armand Marquez. So that being the case, again, I can always bail on this. You know I'll be ready to cover the Colorado Rockies if they turn into a competitive baseball team. If all the young players click, the pitching reaches its peak They get an extraordinary amount of health, which means they're above 500 or at 500 going into the trade deadline. Bill Schmidt makes a couple of savvy moves and then they're off to the races. Cool. I'll cover that if it happens. I will be able to change gears. No problem. The thing is, I don't want to go into this season with our ongoing conversation being about, you know, how can the Rockies get to 82 wins and sneak into the postseason? Maybe that happens. That would be fun. Like I said, I'll I'll shift gears if it does. Our conversations, I think, this season, for the sake of everybody's mental health, really should be about the bigger picture, right? Because I think that's where the Rockies' heads are, which I think is correct. And I think if we want to fairly assess how this team is achieving its goals, we have to, for the first time in a while, in my opinion, and I know other people have been there for years, but for me, put aside the win-loss total, and think about these other things. So what are these other things, right? I'm going to be less focused on the day-to-day and the way in the past I would have been, you know, this win allows them to maybe do this in the division, right? Oh, they got an important series coming up. Can they avoid doing X at home and Y on the road? Like, I'm not going to be doing any of that, right? Or very, very little, what I will be looking at when we're you know, talking about individual games or series when I'm coming on after they've gotten swept on the road by whomever, right? Instead of bemoaning, who do you cut? Who do you trade? Uh, what do you do in the lineup to get a little more offense out of here? Which that like, I'm not going to be doing much of that. Okay, this is, this is the warning because I know sometimes people expect that. And here and there, it, it'll be fun to break that down. But really what we're going to be focused on is individual players, whether or not, for example, if they're a veteran, like say CJ Crone, whether his play suggests either A, he should be traded, B, he should be extended to become like the the grandfather, the godfather, you know, the next Charlie Blackman of the team, but not quite so expensive, right? Or so on. Rather than, you know, maybe maybe we'll talk about, hey, can guys be all-stars and stuff? That's always fun. Those ki- kinds of things we'll, we'll still be doing. Uh, some of the normal stuff, but not in terms of the wins and losses, right? So especially when it comes to the young players, obviously I am going to be hyper-focused on any player that I think could be a part of the team's core moving forward or guys who, because of their contract situation, like Kyle Freeland, Ryan McMahon, almost certainly are a part of the core no matter what, right? But does Brendan Rodgers... Take that next step forward. Michael Tolia, you know the names already. They're the names we've been focused on. But once they're out there doing their thing, I'm going to be far less concerned with, did the Rockies lose 6-1 to today? I'm more concerned with, what did Montero do at the plate? What did Tolia do at the plate? How is Tovar settling in? Um, Another part of that is going to be, obviously an extension of looking at those young players, is I'm going to be doing a lot more farm system and prospect coverage this year. Last couple of years for me, it's been maybe uh, 
<laughs> it's always a weird word to use a piece of content, that phrase. It's got, you know, my brand, my piece of content. But as an all catchphrase term for either a podcast or an article or a video, I would often do one piece of prospect content a month during the season, right? Because that wasn't real. Honestly, it's not where most fans' focus is, and I 100% understand why that's the case. And while the team has a chance to be competitive, it, it's all about the big league club. The farm system only matters insofar as it ultimately feeds into making the big league club better, right? But again, because of my assessment of the ball club at this point and how the season is likely to go, with our focus on the future, we're really going to want those regular reports, I think, on guys like Veen, who's almost certainly going to be starting out the year in the minors. There's a bunch of other guys, right? Drew Romo uh, and so on and so forth. So I'll be giving much more regular updates on how those players are doing. Uh, I may even try to do a little bit of like it can be tricky now that there's not a team in Grand Junction anymore where it was very easy for me to travel uh, maybe get down to Colorado Springs we'll see what I can do but there's going to be I'm going to do what I can to highlight that a lot more both on the writing side and on the podcast side so just be on the lookout for a lot more prospect coverage from me this season because that's going to be a lot more important than you know how is some rando veteran you know randall gritchick for example doing on the big league club like it doesn't that doesn't really matter for the long team health uh uh, long-term health of this team easy for you to say a few other things that I want to do, you know, outside of that, since again, the day to day is going to be a little bit wonky and even the day to day is going to be framed in the long term. Uh, I want to do more in-depth stories on the players in the franchise that aren't necessarily tied to or aren't even at all tied to how well the team is doing. That may be talking to, you know, Charlie Blackman about his approach at the plate or Michael Tolia about being a switch hitter. It could be getting an insight from Brendan Rogers on how he went, you know, from a guy whose scouting report was he'll be a decent defender to this like world-class elite level defender and really sitting down and just talking about like those, you know, specific in-depth things that we can understand the process of these guys uh, the the just sort of the inner workings of the team, the players themselves, and all of that. Because like I said, I don't think there's going to be a, a whole lot of, you know, asking them, oh, hey, how do you guys get yourself out of this slump or, or you know, this, that, or the other. A lot of the kinds of questions even that I'm used to asking, I won't be asking because it's, it's just not, you know, and, and <laughs> Bud Black's probably not going to love that at times because he would really prefer to talk about today's game and um, I'm going to do my best (laughs) down there. That's on me, right? From a question asking standpoint, but I'm really going to be much more interested in the kind of in-depth baseball conversation, historical context, putting anything that's going on uh, with the Rockies in the ground history of things. Obviously, Charlie Blackman is a big one. I can use an as an example here because he's going to be, you know, climbing all of these lists And so when he passes somebody in terms of all-time hits, all-time runs scored, RBI, this, that, or the other, uh, that gives me an opportunity to say, okay, he just passed, I'm going to pick a name out of it. Usually what he's doing lately is passing Blake Street Bombers, right? So if you go, okay, Charlie Blackman just passed Vinny Castilla in some category, right? 
And then I might do, okay, what are some of the most interesting similarities and differences between Charlie Blackman and Vinny Castilla in terms of like their profiles, the different eras that they played in, the type of competition, you know, how much success or, or not did either see. Obviously, there is the Rockies and uh, both Charlie played his entire career here. You know, Vinny went off and had some other stuff. So you can kind of compare those things. And, and it basically is my long winded way of saying Whenever somebody on the Rockies does something this year that gives us an excuse to talk about Rockies history, I'm going to do so because I want to look, I'm a storyteller as much as anything. I like being a baseball analyst, um, but I don't love the debate anymore. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get more and more into that here in a minute. But what I really consider myself to be is a storyteller and a chronicler of Rockies history. And I think about, you know, all this opportunity to tell the story of these players that oftentimes I feel like gets missed. You know, I, I feel like, for example, I could write a short book, but I could write a book on Tony Walters. You know, not, I'm not even going Larry Walker, Todd Helton. Obviously, you could write books on those guys. Obviously, I could write a book on the 2017. You know, I could fill pages and podcasts and uh, about the big ideas. But I feel like there are lots of little stories throughout Rocky's history that have gone overlooked or missed. And I feel like as a person who grew up in this state and has been now covering this team for quite a long time, and, and, and I have this perspective, it's like, I want to be able to talk about those things. So if Tovar is doing something as a rookie shortstop. That gives us an, a, an excuse to talk about Navy Perez, and we're going to be talking about Navy Perez. So be ready for that this year, right? If, if you're coming here and you're like, oh, man, they just played a series against so-and-so. I, I want to hear Drew break it down. It's like, you know, if I get a lot of feedback, I, I do want to say one, again, one big caveat to all of this is if the team gets better, <laughs> I'll shift gears. And the other one is, I'll answer any direct good faith question. If a number of you, especially when I do like mailbags and stuff, if I put it out, whether it's Twitter, Discord, anything like that, if you want me to break down the series or any particular thing, then I will do that. I'm just saying don't expect that to be the norm, right, is for me to start, you know, look ahead at the schedule. How many do I think they can take here and there? And it's like it's, it's probably not going to matter. Right. What's going to matter is can certain players play well? Uh, can the Rockies develop and coalesce a, a cohesive philosophy around that afterwards? And then other than them doing that, we're going to have to take our time to look around at these other fun and interesting things that are going on throughout the year. So, as I mentioned, another thing that I'm just going to be doing less of is having an attachment to essentially the ongoing narrative narratives or, or if you will, arguments, debates, uh, you know, this is a trap. I feel like I have fallen into throughout my career over and over and over again. It's very easy to, uh, you know, one of the things that probably got me into sports and covering sports in general was pardon the interruption. I love that show. I love, I, I grew up without, you know, we didn't have cable TV. And so the first time I saw PTI, we were like on the road. We were staying at a hotel somewhere and it came on and we had never seen anything like that. it was so entertaining. It was so interesting. It was such a great way to talk about sports. And, you know, because I didn't listen to you know talk radio back then, I'd never seen anything like that before. I think it was a great idea, but I also think that it's just one of those things that 
over the years, it's become that that's how we talk about sports. It's the only way to talk about sports is to just kind of debate all the time. And I've noticed what it tends to do is lead to people really digging in on one side or the other, people saying things that they don't necessarily believe or don't entirely believe, but they feel like they've got to say something because they have to say something at all. I'm going to give you an example right now of something that happened recently that I considered doing, but that I'm going to try not to do anymore. Yes, I understand there's an extreme irony in the fact that I am, by virtue of saying I didn't want to do this specific thing, now doing this specific thing, but just let it happen. And then I'll say, after this one, here's what I'm going to try not to do too much of, right? But as most of you know, now I I did write about the Dick Monfort comments, and that's what I'm going to try to do. If there's a thing that's out there in the Rockies ether, right, which happened a couple of days ago, Dick Monfort said some stuff. Most of it, honestly, didn't elicit a response from me at all, but it elicited a strong response from other people, other media, some fans. I wasn't really asked about it, but I saw it out there. I had a take on this particular thing because I saw a couple of people saying th- some things where I went, okay, well, that's not quite my take of of what this is. And, and so I wrote about it. And that's going to be my tact for these things. If I've got something to say on the big issue, I will write about it so that I can crystallize it. But I'm going to avoid jumping at everything. So I thought about having a, a coming on here and doing a whole podcast about saying, you know, all he said was he thinks the team can be 500 and doing my usual shtick of, well, what do you expect? And he says the team's going to win 90. He's a clown. He says the team's going to win 85. He's a clown. He says the team can go 500. He's a clown. If he says the team's going to be really bad and people are really mad at him for saying, well, why didn't you make the team bet? There's no answer he can give to that question that isn't going to piss people off. Right. And it's not like he just came out and said, hey, I'm volunteer. Like, obviously, he was asked. Right. He's asked. How do you think the team's going to do this year? Right. The stuff about San Diego. He was asked about San Diego. He didn't just bring up San Diego. Right. Now. I don't. Care that much. (laughs) Like I said, this is something that I want to try to do and and be better at because there there as anyone listening to this, if you've listened to me before, you know that my natural instinct in those situations over the years has been to get defensive and say that's not what he said, that's not really what's going on here. Why are we again throwing a big collective fit over what was essentially in my view a nothing quote, right? They were it was a it was a nothing response to a, a baseline question. Like I said, it elicited zero response from me initially, and I could come on and, like I said, make my whole thing. But in the future, I'm just going to ignore a lot of this type of stuff. Obviously, if it reaches a certain level, I've got to comment on it. And as I said, if any of you have a specific question. But I'm not going to assume anymore that my audience is going to be concerned with something just because other media outlets are talking about it or other fans are talking about it. You know, that doesn't mean that I necessarily have to jump at everything that's out there. 
And so, because again, back to the PTI point, I think what that does is it ends up leading to this notion that sports coverage should be about taking a position and arguing it. And frankly, I have done that a lot. I am, if I may, pretty good at it. I'm, I'm trained in it. I went to school and I was trained in it going back to early high school, right? I, I know how to present an argument. But sports coverage doesn't all have to be an argument. Sometimes it's just, here's an interesting story. Here's this fascinating thing that happened. Here's an interesting person, right? And so having to take a position on everything all the time, I think is generally not good for me or anyone else for that matter. Obviously, there are still going to be things I'm more interested in than others, and I'm going to come on and do my podcasts about them. But I'm going to, I think for everyone's sake, try to do a better job of not just, well, what's everyone on about today? Okay, here's my take on it, right? Because a lot of times it's just not really that valuable to anyone. And wouldn't we rather, you know, learn about how a player went from, uh, you know, humble upbringing to an all-star or wouldn't we rather hear about a player who has a unique workout routine that nobody else has that he's been doing for his whole life and, and has really worked for him or or a player who's changed their batting stance four or five times throughout their career and you know all the differences of, of what's gone into that wouldn't you rather hear about both the fielders and the hitters perspective on how the new shift rules are impacting the game or, you know, those kinds of things rather than having the 792nd argument about whether or not Dick Monfort quote cares enough about winning, right? I can't, I can't do it. (laughs) I did it for a decade straight and I cannot continue to have that conversation. And so I, after having this revelation that I wanted to come on here and talk about how the coverage is going to be a little bit different, what I'm going to focus on, this is also something I got to hold myself to, right? It's not that I didn't at times enjoy some of those other things and, and kind of revel in the debate and the fight and all of that stuff. But it's just like, if ever there was a baseball team to not fight about, it's this one. It's, it's the one where like, we just want to see Michael Tolia get some at bats and Elias Montero. And we, right. We just want to see some young guys play. We want to hope that Charlie Blackman goes out in a blaze of glory. You know, we want to appreciate the steadfast, just baseball-y baseball man that CJ Crone is, you know, all that stuff. Like we just, and just put everything else aside for a minute. And I'm going to have a really fun year covering this team when you you let those things go and you say it's time to tell some stories about some really interesting people who are in the early stages of trying to accomplish something great and very, very difficult, whether that's individuals like Tovar trying to become a major league all-star, right? Or this team after Everything they screwed up with the previous generation, with the way the Nolan Arenado era ended, and the hole that they've dug themselves in now. 
This is chapter one. And really, it's not even chapter one. This is like the prologue of how do they turn it around? And maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. But it's a fascinating story to see how they try to navigate this excruciating situation that a lot of which they caused themselves to be sure, but you can't go backwards in time. You can only go forward. Where we go forward from here for me is very, very interesting. I'm going to do my best to highlight and dive deep on what's happening on that front. So I hope you'll come with me on that journey. I hope that sounds interesting to all of you. For those of you who really love the nitty gritty, like why did he throw this pitch instead of that pitch stuff? I'll sneak it in there here and there. If there's a really close, fun game and it comes down to one player two, maybe I can do that. Like I said, we'll, we'll pick and choose our spots, but I hope we can all recognize that it's probably not worth as much of our time this year. And these big picture questions and articles and podcasts. I'm going to try to do more videos this year too. Make sure you're following Mile High Sports on YouTube. And essentially, have fun with it. Try to recognize that sports... Look, man, if I wanted a job that was going to make me miserable, if, if you wanted to do something that would make you miserable, wouldn't you go to a job in an office cubicle somewhere for a company you don't care about and put your head down? Like, Sports should be fun, right? Sports are not supposed to be that. Of all the things they can be, I steadfastly believe that sports shouldn't make you miserable. They can break your heart sometimes, but they shouldn't make you miserable. And so I think sports at their very heart are supposed to be fun. I think sports coverage should be fun. I think sports fandom should be fun. And so I'm going to do everything that I can this year to bring you stories and coverage that makes your Rockies existence more fun. So come hang out with me if that sounds like uh, a good idea to you. Make sure you're following all the other Mile High Sports cats on Twitter and social medias and all the radio stations, podcasts, all this stuff that's going on with Mile High Sports. Otherwise, you just keep being absolutely awesome out there. I will keep being absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you out there in the world.